Come live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hi, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Um, it is time for the professional contributors, and we're excited to have everybody on. Still waiting on my co-host, Tim Moore. Duck Riley is traveling today um, to Atlanta and back to Charlotte, so he will miss the show. Um, but we are going to carry on without him. we got a lot going on, and we're excited to do the show. Let me welcome in Will Harris to the show. Welcome, sir. Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Doc, welcome to the show. Thank you. My boy's not here tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it should be good I, I anyway. Get the mic. I get the mic <laughs> okay. by myself. Yeah. Yeah, the Lakers won on Saturday night, and then, well, we'll talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys, won't we, Doc? We'll get squeeze that in here yes, somewhere. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. All right. See, that's what I'm talking about. Let me welcome in tall, light-skinned brother, Larry Tisdale. Hey, Tisdale. What's up, family? How in the world did we leave her in charge on, on all days today? Duck, how you, where you at? <laughs> Duck didn't even check on me. And at this point, you know, Tim is running a little bit behind, so I may have some extra time just to talk Ooh. about play-by-play with the Eagles and the Cowboys. I may have time to do that. I'm not even sure that's necessary. (laughs) My goodness. I'm sure you you think so for sure. Welcome to the show, Carlos Radley. Great to be here. Thank you very much. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know what? I think we're going to get started. Everybody will fall in where they can get in. Uh, As I said before, Duck Riley, safe travels. Traveled to um, Atlanta today to support a brother um, who Coach DeVoe. Um, a shout out to Coach Glenn DeVoe, who's been a guest on the show probably 20 times. He lost his brother to, um, this week, and so uh, they oh, are having that, that um, in Atlanta today. So a shout out to you know the DeVoe family. Our prayers are with you and Duck Safe Travels coming back home. At least you're not traveling through West Virginia. You got reception if you want to call in. Um, so. <laughs> Thank you. That's true. I told him, I said, well, you may not be on there, but we're going to talk about this for sure. So, (laughs) yeah, I want to start open mic, and I want to start with Larry Tisdale. Tisdale, what's on your mind? Well, other than we'll go over the whoop that we took, uh, but I was going to go to that Kansas City game. And that last play, or you know, the, the game-winning play, which you know was a spectacular play, uh, great yeah. game going back and forth. There's no defense. Um, I think they need to change that rule somehow. If if they're going to allow that play to run, they need to disallow it. If if you see that man off, you know he's already lining up in the neutral zone. I think you need to call it so that you don't have the anger at the end of a game like that. Because I could understand at the end of a game like that, that looks like a frivolous call, Yeah. unfortunately. And he was offside. That's not the point. 
but you don't let the play go. You call that play, it's offsides. They need to stop that one. So um, I understood how they felt it was a great game. Really, really good play. Um, I just think they need to change that rule a little. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that the, the, the Chiefs would beat um, um, Buffalo, but it was a struggle. And if I'm not mistaken, the Chiefs were at home. I watched part of that game. Um, but that was a spectacular play that got called away. And, and I want everybody, you know, as you do your open mic to to um, discuss that, your thoughts. What, should it have been called or, you know, should it, you know, they left that alone? Is that all of your open open mic, Tisdale? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Carlos Bradley, your thoughts about that Kansas City Chiefs play and then what else do you have in open mic? Yes, thank you very much because – I disagree. I usually don't disagree with Larry too much, but I I do because if you've been a receiver all your life, receivers always look to the ref to say, am I on or am I off? Now, if you don't look, then he must think that you know where you are. So I don't think a rule needs to be changed. I think you need to do what you always do. Look to the ref. They'll say 80. You need to take a step back. That's normal. You know, all receivers do that. If you look to the ref, if you don't, then the judgment is on you. So we clearly know he was offside. We clearly know the play was a great play. And if the flag had been delayed and he threw it, he threw it immediately as soon as he, the play ran because he didn't look to the ref. So I don't think a rule needs to be changed. Now, what about that? I wanted to comment. Yes. Carl, real quick. Typically, you know, they give a a warning to the coach when they see something like that the first time. Hey, your guy's in the zone. Make sure you get him back. Normally you get a sideline warning. I don't think there was one. I I agree with that. It probably wasn't. But but with the owners being on the player, when you're out that wide, your depth perception can be skewed. So you usually say, ref, am I on? Am I off? And the ref will, will tell you. So, but also in that game, which I wanted to comment on, is uh-huh. did Mahomes' babyish behavior and ranting and raving remind you all of anyone else? Tom Brady came to mind. Because now that Mahomes, in my opinion, has been – anointed as the heir apparent to greatness, which he is. I'm not belittling him at all. He is amazing. But we'd also have to say he gets more calls than anybody else that I see. And when he doesn't, because you're used to getting him, like Tom Brady, who I also thought was great, you rant and you rave. So I just thought it was interesting his behavior, and then his comments after, oh, I've never seen that called. Oh, you know, the referees from last week, which that crew is under investigation because they've had other miscues also. Yeah. You know, I, I would have said it, it seemed like somebody, I would have said Antonio Brown, but I, mean, I obviously I was way off on that. But I can say that the head referees, said that um, that's been a focus, this on 
Um, this offsides call has been a focus in how you lined up this year, and there have been 11 calls. But they said previous years there was only three last year and one the year before. And all the sure. rest of the previous years there was a, a warning. They gave you a warning first. They didn't call but that's the flag all, first. that's all the more reason why the receiver should say to the ref, am I on yeah. or am I on? He should yeah. say. The onus has to fall on him. They've, the coach should already know that they've said they're going to make this a point. That should be – they should be queued up on that in meetings already. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah. And and, yeah. and I, I I kind of agree that the onus is on the wide receiver, especially Kandarius Tony. What problems they've had overall with the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs um, wide receivers. Uh, Andy Reid said today we're not going to throw Kandarius Tony away. Well, he's a Florida Gator. Throw him away. That says a lot. Let me welcome Tim Moore to the show. Welcome, sir. Glad to be with you all, Princess. Uh, please excuse my tardiness. I got tied up on something and just completely lost track of time. It was not good. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Um, we are talking open mic Tim Moore, and I'm going to go to Doc next. Um, again, your open mic, and then your thoughts about that Kansas City Chiefs call or the the, the, um, the penalty. Yes, I, I feel I feel similar to uh, to Carlisle. Wow. Um, oh, with, uh, did you did you ask for Doc? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I was going to Doc. Uh, I'll come back to you, Tim. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. To, to piggyback on what Carlos said, um, so I know they showed a replay because they were talking about it on one of the stations I, w- I watched of how Tony. One of the reasons why he was lagging behind that play when Kelsey caught it was because he was pouting about something. And so they were able to isolate that footage of him that. So I'm, I'm pretty certain that they would have, if, if he would have motioned to the, the referee, the umpire, that, to see if he was on side, they would have been able to show that footage as well. So I'm, I'm thinking he didn't, he didn't ask for to make sure that he was on the line. Um, and, and then as far as the, the rule, Larry, um, one of the issues with that is so they don't stop the play when the defense is offside. As a matter of fact, you know, Aaron Rodgers and some of those guys, they make a living off of a free play because yeah. the, the defender is offside. So I think it would, yeah. I think it would be similar if the, if the offensive player is offside, then the play would run as well, just like on defense um, as far as that goes. And then as far as open mic, um, and the prince would be glad to hear this, but I, I think – and maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, but I think after like 25 plus years or whatever, I think the Cowboys are going to make it at least to the NFC Championship. Um, you know, maybe the Super Bowl if they can beat San Francisco. I've kind of written off Philly a little bit. Um, and then over in AFC, I think this is Lamar's. I, I think if Lamar doesn't get to the Super Bowl, um, I, I think that uh, you know it's a missed we need opportunity to mute from him. Larry's. I'm sorry, we need to mute Larry's mic while you talk because. He's just over there mumbling. Oh, I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, it'll be a missed opportunity for Lamar if he doesn't get there because I don't think there's anybody that's uh, world beaters on the AFC side. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't you don't think that Miami can – well, we'll stop there because I could go on and on and on. We'll get to Will Harris and then Tim Moore on the open mic and your thoughts about this call um, on Kadarius Tony. Will Harris. Yeah, I think – um, Tony just has to be more aware. I mean, since he's you know, played receiver since high school, the first thing they teach you is look at the ref point, check, 
to make sure you're lined up properly before the play starts. So I think that's definitely on him. I mean, look at the Chiefs throughout the year. I mean, they've had problems lining up since week one. I think their right tackle, Jawan Taylor, had an issue of trying to get an advantage. And he lines up in the backfield as well. So this is something that they've had a problem with all season long. <clears throat> as far as open yeah. mic, the um, Heisman Trophy, uh, Jaden Daniels, I think he had a very um, under overlooked year. I know LSU lost three games, but you look at a guy with 3,800 passing yards, 1,100 rushing yards, 50 touchdowns. A really productive season for him. So congratulations to him on winning the Heisman Trophy this year. Since he didn't have a situation where the best player on the best team would get it, I think they actually did get it right and gave it to the best player this year. Has anybody watched him play this year? I'd have to say I did, at least four or five games. Um, but that was not my choice for the Heisman. If we look at the numbers, I I guess so, but I really wanted Michael Penix or or Marvin Harrison, but, you know, um, what do I know? But, yeah, I I did. I watched him because he's in the SEC. I I definitely caught a lot of his games, and I I caught the one against Florida. Again, 728 yards of offense by LSU on that day. So, um and I don't know if that says a whole lot about LSU as much as it says about the ineptness of, of the Florida Gators and their, their defense. Um, Tim Moore, bring this on home. You're open mic, but I'd like to know your thoughts about Kansas City and Kadarius Tony and, and you know, and the, the wide receivers of Kansas City. That's a whole other subject. But your thoughts about that, that play, that call at the end of the game? Yeah, I, I think I agree with everyone else. Uh, there was another call, if you remember, a couple of years ago with Kansas City. Uh, with a guy lining up offsides, his name was D. Ford, kept him from going to the Super Bowl. So th- th- Kansas City's had this problem for a while, and it was on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we haven't forgotten about that. They would have been in three in a row, three Super Bowls in a row if it hadn't been for that. Um, but um, it was the right call. I agree with everybody else. I mean, uh, he should have he should have looked down the line. He just looked down the line and not even you know necessarily asked the 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 uh, official. He could have seen he was offside. I mean, that's like a nose yeah. guard jumping offside, you know, lining up offside. It doesn't make sense. So nobody Princess, thinks because of the moment. Yeah, hold on. Nobody thinks because of the moment. I'm really just making a statement, and then I'll go to you, Larry, that because of the moment, they should have pulled that flag in and not called it. Nobody thinks no. that except for maybe Larry. Okay. But you don't yeah. know that, yeah. that play is going to happen. I mean, it's easy to yeah. hindsight, but what if it had been incomplete pass? Then I don't think nobody would have said anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Larry? I have a quick question, and I think Carlos touched on this. Um, when we looked at it, we saw Mahomes' reaction afterwards. You know, a lot of uh, <clears throat> announcers were saying, you know, he has a great deal of emotion, you know, in, in somewhat of a positive manner. If that was Lamar, do you think he would have received the same uh, free pass to get by if he had a behavior like that? No. Because I do think that Mahomes has has some privilege. Yeah, they they <laughs> give they give Mahomes a little bit of a pass. Um, they, they, so Lamar they give him fifty percent privilege. Mahomes is the chosen one. Mahomes is the money man. That's where they go. So he gets. He's the new Brady. Who's going to be the money man? Yeah. He's the money guy. So. You react because you're used to things going your way. 
and it didn't go his way, and he was beyond, beside himself. Wow. Wow. All right. Before we move on to what, what NFL game you watch, I wanted to do my little open mic. Sam Hartman has opted out of the bowl game, so he will not be playing for Notre Dame. Um, Drake May has declared for the NFL draft. So um, you can see a lot of movement there. And I just wanted to say welcome back, Bronnie. Um, anybody that had cardiac arrest and now you're back playing um, and, and practicing full force um, basketball in college, you know, congratulations to him. And Shohei Otani, I, I just want $10 million. That's all I want. You know, just, just give me a little bit um, for sure. If he were to take $70 million, um per year, in taxes, he would only clear $34.8 million. The other would go to California taxes. I see where he has deferred his contract until 2036 or something. So now he's only going to get $2 million a year and defer $68 million until the end of the contract to try to give them some capital to get some more pieces around him. But if he was getting the $70 million a year, um, he would have to pay thirty-five, $35 million and some change in taxes. How crazy is that? Get out of California. Get but I'd like California. to have that problem. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having yeah. that problem. <laughs> well, look at that You only get $35 million a year. Oh, boy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you do, you do realize that, that people in that tax bracket don't pay that amount of money. If, you, if you're $70 million, you're not paying half of it in taxes. Attorneys and shelters and, 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 oh, and taking offshore. some of that money offshore, yeah, yeah you're, I agree with you. But if you just look at it blindly and not through Donald yeah. Trump's um, um, lenses, then, you know, it's <laughs> 35 <laughs> um, million yeah. for sure. All right, so open mic. I mean, I'm sorry. We're going to talk about NFL games and what NFL games you watched. And then, um, Tim Moore, if you could do then the – the NFL um, prediction of the games that are coming up. You can do that section after we do this part. And I'll start with you, Will Harris. Um, what game did you watch in the NFL, or what games did you watch? That's all the uh, Bears versus the Lions. I think Chicago's been quietly um, coming along lately. They, you know, they think they're going to get the Carolina Panthers' number one pick. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Do you build a team around field, or do you trade field for more? draft picks and taking Caleb Williams but with fields and starting to get chemistry and develop within this offense. I think maybe they can see how they uh, finish this season and keep them next year. Uh, Detroit, on the other hand, I think they've been kind of limping the last couple of weeks. They had that yeah. comeback from behind victory in the fourth quarter a couple of weeks ago. They got kind of lucky there. They lost two division games with, against Green Bay on Thanksgiving and then the game last night. So, I mean, they're kind of uh, limping into the late in the season, so we'll see how they finish as well. Yeah, I, I've been hearing a lot of rumors that it's a foregone conclusion that Justin Fields is out of there and that Belichick really wants him um, as as a Patriot. We'll see how that all <laughs> takes out for sure. Doc, you're, you're, what games did you watch in the NFL? You know, I started out by watching the Rams and the Ravens, which uh, was a very entertaining game. I was surprised at how much offense was uh, produced you know, the weather conditions, um, maybe I'm soft because I didn't even want to go to Costco, much less be out, out there and play <laughs> in that rain. Um, so, I can go uh, to Costco in the snow, but okay, that's another 
<laughs> but they were swinging around like it was dry. And, um, yeah. you know, I was kind of surprised how that, how that ended. I mean, normally you can barely have a punt return anymore without a penalty. So, and, and there probably was some, they, they, you know, since we're on the whistle swallowing uh, topic today, I'm sure some, there was some block in the back or holding on that, on that run back. But, but yeah, that was an entertaining game. Of course, the Bills and the Chiefs, and then, uh, I'll, I'll see my time to you as far as the Cowboys and the Eagles. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I really want to know your thoughts. Um, I want everybody to at least tell me, <laughs> you know, no, we have well, time. <laughs> well, as I said earlier, I, you know, I think it was, you know, a dominating performance. I think the Eagles, you know, had been winning games, um, and I think the last two weeks it's kind of been exposed, and they really have to make some changes. Um, you know, as much as the Cowboys were beaten on, beaten up on, as Chris Broussard says, tomato, tomato cans, um, you know, they they played yesterday just like they've been playing all the last six weeks. Um they really have found something offensively, and um, you know their defense kind of stopped Philly. Philly didn't look like they could really do anything. I mean, they only scored what field goals, the only touchdown was on the defensive side. So um, I would, I thought, I actually thought the Eagles were going to play better. You know, even though it was on the road, I thought they were going to make some changes after the the 49er game, but it, it looked very similar um, to the 49er game. So that's why I guess in my open mic I have a lot of concerns with uh, with the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. Tim Moore, what NFL games did you watch? I watched the Chiefs and the Bills. And, um, you know, this Buffalo team is is a very talented football team, and, and it's a shame mm-hmm. that they've lost as many games as they have. Um, that was a very good ball game to watch. Uh, and then last night, uh, the Dallas Cowboys and, and Philadelphia, I was I was very surprised at the uh, the way that Dallas handled them. Um I, I have thought all season that, t- that Philadelphia was the best team in the league, uh, and I didn't think the San Francisco game uh, really, um, you know, meant a whole lot other than they were just outplayed that day. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, after watching yesterday, um, that uh, gives me some questions about the Eagles' uh, ball club. Uh, and Dallas is really playing well, playing very well. Yeah. Willie Nelson, the song is wrong. Mamas can't let the babies grow up to be cowboys, for sure. <laughs> Carlos Bradley and then Larry Tisdale. West Virginia, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was at my L.A. Chargers reunion, so I was at the Chargers-Denver game, and oh, I guy. think the, the, the entire – Chargers staff should have been fired at halftime um, <laughs> because they have wow. so much talent. They have so much talent and so lack of creativity offensively. It is ridiculous. I'd like to see the whole staff get fired and build and trade for Bill Belichick so they can have some <laughs> real coaching uh, out in L.A. Um, outside of that, uh, I watched the Eagles Dallas. Dallas is playing really well. I expected the Eagles to lose because um, they have not been playing well, and they were in Dallas. And when your three offensive stars all fumble, you should lose. And now also the NFL is happy because everyone is 10-3, and three, and it makes the ridiculous – Giants, Cardinals, Giants, end of season for the Eagles, now relevant because now you need to win. Yeah, yeah. 
if the Eagles went out, um, this is all just, you know, a, a happy Monday. But you're correct. The NFL is happy that this, this last four games are relevant um, oh, yeah. and mean something. Yeah, yeah. mean something. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's exactly. how they planned it. hmm Larry Tisdale, I've been thinking about you. I've been worried oh. about you. So I just <laughs> I can't wait to hear <laughs> what you have to say. So we're going to go back. So here's the games that I watched. The first games I watched was the Seattle 49ers game because I knew that the Eagles were not going to play well. So I was hoping, and the Seattle game starting off that first half was a great game. Uh, 49ers just eventually pulled it away. Um, I have great concern uh, for the Eagles. Um, We've been winning games based off of really a championship-type mentality. We have a good team, a lot of talent. And that's carried over. Um, but X's and O's, we have not done well. I do think something's the matter with Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm going to go back to the game before. I believe it was the game before where he went in uh, real quick for a concussion protocol. Um, I didn't think it was concussion protocol. I thought he hurt his – if I go back and look at it, it looks like he hurt his leg. And they took him in for concussion protocol, and he brought him back out, and he said he was fine. Um, I don't think he's been healthy all year. He's not taken off. He's not been – threat that he's been uh, in the past. So I have some concern with him. And he's holding on to the ball way too long. Um, my, my cousin, who's a uh, down in Tampa, a Cowboy fan, we were going back and forth. I'm like, listen, I don't feel confident. I said, I hope we play well, but I don't feel confident. Defensively, I'm not sure, I'm not sure who we are. We have a defensive line that could put some pressure on in the past, but we can't put any pressure on. The linebacker is not playing well. Um, I have some. I have real concerns. Um, I do think the Cowboys, and I said it last week. I thought the Cowboys really good team, and they could do this. Um, what's going to be important for the Cowboys is how they play this next game. Um, we just finished the Eagles. Just finished our gauntlet, and now it's time for the Cowboys to start theirs. So we're going to get a chance to see. You know, this will the, the water will level out. So we'll see in the uh, in the NFC East how that how this turns out, but. I still have some concerns with the way the Eagles are playing. And I, don't, and I think a lot of it has to do with the coordinators, not to mention, you know, the players that we lost last year. And it looked okay in the beginning of the year, but we've not been able to have consistency. You there? I was Hello? just talking Thanks. away. Oh. I, I was just talking oh. away. Um, okay. So, um, you know, and, and I and I agree with you on some of that. I think. Well, let me just talk about the games I watched. I watched the Forty ers Seahawks. I wanted to see um, what the Forty ers brought this this week, and I think Debo Samuel's in in that offense looks really good. I also think McCaffrey looks really good, um, and um, I, I caught most of the Chiefs and the the Bills games, and I agree with Tim. That, there's some talent on that Buffalo Bills team. Um, Ron Miller on defense is not there because of some domestic um, um, charges that he's gotten. But um, I thought they did good, and I, I thought there would be more points um, than that. Uh, there are a lot of offense, but not a lot of points in that Chiefs-Bills um, game. I watched the, the Eagles and the Cowboys, and I was able to watch the whole game. And that means something that, okay, Dallas was at least up for a moment. I have been saying that the Eagles 
have been looking pedestrian for about four games, and but they were able to they were able to take care of the Commanders and take care of the Giants, and um, but then they could not do that with the Forty ers And then going home at AT and T Stadium, I thought it would would at least be you know twenty one twenty one in the fourth quarter, and the Cowboys would have a chance. There's no way you could tell me last week that the Eagles' offense wouldn't get in the end zone. So I do think there's something wrong with with um, with Hurts, uh, and more than just a concussion and concussion protocol. I do think so. Um, and I also just want to say Dak, looked, Dak threw the ball really well in this game. Yeah. Um, he looked really good um, and a lot of pinpoint passes. So that's my thoughts on this. But it really means nothing because if – if the Cowboys can't go to the Bills and win and come back and then go to the, the, the Dolphins and win, and those are two tough teams to try to win against at, at home. And um, all the Eagles have to do is win out, and they have the easiest path to that. Um, but in 20 years, the NFC East has never been won two years in a row by the same team. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see see what happens. But after all of that, I think the 49ers is the best team in the NFL right now. So, yeah. um, Tim, I turn it over to you to talk about the prediction of some NFL games. All right. Um, let me make sure. I'm, okay, I've got my mic open. Uh, my, I'm yep. off of mute. Um, let's uh, okay. let's look at this week's games um, as we're going forward. Uh, uh, let's go to Will Harris first. Uh, Minnesota and Cincinnati. Uh, the Bengals. Um, Look like they're trying to do something to make a comeback. Minnesota as well. Uh, what do you think in the, with that ball game, the Bengals and the uh, and the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, two teams that have overcome uh, a lot this year: injuries to the quarterback and their key players. Uh, Cincinnati, I'll admit, I underestimated them. I thought they were done as soon as Burrow went down, but they've gone on and won a couple big games. Uh, Minnesota, you know, they've had some good wins as well. But I mean, Justin Jefferson's back now, so I think once he gets in the mix with that offense, I think, you know, they'll continue to play strong. Their defense has played well all year. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cincinnati, though. I think it's just showing that they're they're a complete team. They can win without Burrow, and they're right in that mix with the AFC North. Okay. Uh, Carlos, what are you thinking, uh, the Vikings and the Bengals? Well, uh, Will, it seemed like Jefferson went out again yesterday with some kind of chest ailment. Um, so I just wanted to, to point that out, but, um, yeah, but I, I do think, you know, as Will pointed out, they both have had quarterbacking problems, but, um, I'm going to go with Cincinnati here because I think they feel they're still in the fight and they got, you know, they got something to play for. So, and they've shown to be a more balanced team. Their running game is pretty solid. Uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Barry Tisdale, what are you thinking? The Vikings and the Bengals. Yeah, I think the Vikings quarterback uh, issues are just it's, it's too much to overcome. I think um, I, I do like Cincinnati. They are a playoff uh, uh, caliber team. I think they do have a better team, and that they can and they can get through these woes. And if you've lost Jefferson, I think you've got some serious problems. It's too much to overcome, like Cincinnati in this one. Okay, um, Doc Bill, um, 
Is it Basil or Basil? I asked you once before, and I keep I want to get it. Right. <laughs> he did. You can call me whatever you want to call me. <laughs> and you can call me Ray. You can call me. You can I call got me a couple Ray. of things coming. Yeah. Jay. You can call me. That's all Ray right Jay. Um, what do you so think of the Vikings in the big? So I think uh, you know Josh Dobbs. I guess they're calling him the Pastronaut. Um, has come back to earth. You see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> and um, and and, um, and, and as, as Carlos said, just when Justin Jefferson is coming back, I think he's gone again for, maybe for the rest of the season. Um, Actually, but, they but shot G. a Bryan, press release to say there's a good chance he will play this Sunday. They did that this oh, afternoon. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that would be helpful for them, but um. But I think, you know, Jake Browning, he's been playing well. He's kind of channeling his best Joe Burrow. And, um, you know, he's got the Bengals still kind of in a playoff hunt. Uh, you know, I'd written them off as well when Burrow got hurt. Um, and, and the Vikings, you know, they're, I think, a typical dome team. And, you know, they're going outside in the jungle. Um, so I don't think it'll be too much for them to overcome. Princess, um, uh, uh, what are you thinking? Bengals and the uh, Vikings? I really could care less about this game, but since it's on the list here, um, I am impressed with Browning. I think that's his last name, the quarterback for um, the Bengals, because as everyone else said, we kind of wrote him off. But um, these are two seven and sixteens, if I'm not mistaken. But I think someone said the the um, the woes, the, the quarterback woes of the Vikings is too much to overcome. I think that was Tisdale. So I'm, I'm going to go Bengals. Okay. Uh, let me stay with you for a second. Uh, the Steelers and the Colts, uh, both of those teams, have, you know, the Colts looked like they were doing something. Steelers did, too, a couple of weeks ago, but they both sort of faltered this week and Pittsburgh two weeks in a row. Yeah, I think the indication is that the Colts are at home and the Colts are favored in this game. Um, what does that say about the Steelers? And um, they, they seem to bounce back every time I was trying to bury them. But um, I, the loss to the Patriots um, is a bit much. So um, I'm going to go Colts in this game. Okay. Uh, Will Harris, what are you thinking, uh, the uh, Colts and the Steelers? I'm going to go with the Colts as well. I think uh, Kenny Pickett's expected to miss another week. Uh, Mr. Bisky just looked, struggled a lot ever since he's uh, taking over there. We have a lot of key defensive players missing in uh, Pittsburgh, and I'd love to see Mike Tomlin continue that streak going. But with the injuries, I think they're going to have a tough time the second half of the year. So we got Indianapolis in this one. Uh, Carlos, Steelers and the Colts. So, you know, I think the Steelers were really embarrassed, and I think Tomlin will find some key choice words to say to his team. Light a fire, and I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Steelers. Okay, okay, Larry Tisdale, what are you thinking? The Steelers and the Colts. Yeah, I, I got to go with my my one percenter. I, I like Pittsburgh. I <laughs> I think it, to his point, Tomlin. If you give him time and they can rally around him, I think he's I think he's a better coach. Um, I think the defense that Pittsburgh is typically built on defense. I'm not sure. I know we'll mention. I'm not sure who's, who's out, um, but hopefully whoever steps up uh, in the scheme that they're running. Again, going into the dome, they're probably underdogs. I'm not betting against Tomlin. 
Uh, and Mitch probably, hopefully, could put together a decent game. You know, 220, 250 yards. If he does that, I think that they're fine. They could pull this one out. I'd like Pittsburgh. Okay, Doc, uh, what do you think? It's still is in the Colts. Well, clearly the firing of Matt Canada hasn't really fixed the offense. Um, <laughs> and as bad, as bad as I think Pickett has been, he looks like Roethlisberger compared to Trubisky. Um, I'm not even sure. I don't know how the Bears won playoff games with Trubisky with the way he's played. Um, yeah. But uh, I guess props to Nagy. Um, but I think, you know, I think the Minshew mania is a full bloom. And I think uh, I think the Colts, as much as I have a lot of mad respect for Tomlin, I think the Colts are just better. Give me the Colts. Okay, let me stay with you for a second. Uh, Houston uh, had been on a roll. They stumbled in Cleveland yesterday, and uh, Tennessee, uh, they're facing this coming week, Houston and Tennessee. Um, you know, if Houston had their full complement of players, I would pick them. But, you know, Tank Dell is out, Nicole Collins is out, um, and maybe CJ. I know he was in uh, concussion protocol. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that – I don't think the Titans are that good, but they are at home, and, and like I said, Houston coming off – um, a bad loss, I think they and actually they're coming off a bye too. I think Brable will have them ready, and I, I'll take the Titans. Okay, Princess, what are you thinking? The uh, the Titans and Houston. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what happens with CJ Stroud and protocol. Um, I, I'm I'm going to pick um, Tennessee. Okay, Will Harris, what are you thinking? Uh, Tennessee and uh, Houston. Yeah, Houston's another team that's just um, suffered a lot of injuries. Tank Dell um, went out for the season. We'll see what's going on with uh, C.J. Stroud. I still uh, believe in what D'Amico Ryans is uh, building there. I think they'll find a way to uh, get this uh, division win. Okay, Carlos, Houston and um, uh, Tennessee. Is C.J. Stroud definitely out? That I don't know. I think it's kind of up in the air. No, I think it's still up in the air. Well, I would say if Stroud is in, they win. If Stroud is out, they lose because they're a different team when they don't have them. That's what I see. I think with them, the Texans will win, but without them, Titans win. Okay. Larry Tisdale, what are you thinking? Yeah, Yeah, I think you make a good point right there. They are a different team. And I think they're playing this, uh, especially with the weather. This is in Tennessee, if I'm right. They're playing in Tennessee, down in Tennessee yeah. outside. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weather they didn't will look be an issue down there. Yeah. So there'll be some some issues down there. Um, Vrabel will have this team ready to uh, to roll. And with the uncertainty of quarterback position, I think it's just too much for them to overcome. I got Tennessee winning this one. Okay. Um, let me stay with you for a second. We'll get to our last one, um, Dallas and Buffalo, which should be a pretty good game. Ooh, man, it doesn't even matter where it's at. Um, I'm not convinced at yet. And, I just, and by the way, I think, I think Dak is probably playing as good as I've ever seen Dak. And I'm a Dak fan uh, just for what he's went through personally. Um, mm-hmm. Not as a Cowboy fan, but I, I appreciate him as, as a man. Um, I think he's probably playing the best. I am not convinced that this team, I, they got up for the Eagles as they should have. Um, I'm not convinced uh, in that in them as a team yet. And Buffalo, you know, uh, they'll ride the wave that they have. Uh, they need these games in order to, you know, 
make a really good playoff push. Um, and we saw that they are explosive everywhere. I got Buffalo winning this one. Okay. Um, Doc Basil, what do you think of Buffalo and Dallas? Yeah, I agree. I mean, Buffalo, they're still fighting for their playoff lives, um, and they're playing at home. And as great as the Cowboys have been at home, um, I don't know if they've really been tested against a good team on the road. So I think the Bills win back-to-back weeks. I mean, Josh Allen's a monster, so I think uh, we'll get them over the top, beat the Cowboys. Okay, well, Harris, what do you, where, where, where are you on this, Buffalo and, uh, and uh, Dallas in Buffalo? It's been pretty cold up there this time of year. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is probably one of the, if not the hottest team in the uh, league right now. That's playing you know, at a great level. You know, got a lot of defensive guys stepping up as well. I just think Buffalo is just in a must-win situation, seven and six, competitive AFC. I mean, that's not going to get it done if they're trying to keep their season alive. So I think you'll just see the Bills step it up over these final few weeks and make that final playoff push. Uh, Carlos, uh, Buffalo and Dallas. Diggs is uh, not – been a, as much of a factor lately, but they win it. Yes. Uh, Will just stated it, that Buffalo is fighting for their lives. Dallas doesn't play as well traveling. Buffalo is in a need-to-be-relevant situation, okay. and I feel Buffalo wins. Okay, Princess, uh, I know where you're going, but I'm going to ask you anyway. <laughs> you know, um, I'm concerned about this game, and I, and I kind of agree with everyone else. Buffalo needs this game, and I don't know if I give much chance to Dallas in Buffalo with that type of weather um, and coming off an emotional win that they thought they just really had to have. So um, I hate rooting against my team, but I think I'd be surprised if the Cowboys won this game. How about I say that? All right. On you. Okay, so we are going to head next. What is next? Uh, bowl game. Bowl game. Bowl game. Um, I'll start with you, Carlos Bradley. What what bowl games are you interested in watching? Um, you know, and and I, and I want to preface this with, I think bowl games have taken on a different look considering um, everyone is comfortable now to opt out or to hit the transfer portal or declare for the draft even before the bowl game. So with all that said, Carlos, which ones are you looking forward to watching? All right. So there, <laughs> you know, I was looking at the bowls, and it's literally just like a thousand bowl games. I, got, I yeah. could barely even go through them. But, so I'll give three or four. Florida, Florida A&M, well, Georgia, Georgia Southern against Ohio uh, University. I'm going with Georgia Southern. They've been strong all the years, and usually they put out a good product. Florida A&M versus Howard. I think it's Howard's first time to this. I think it's called the Celebrity Bowl or Celebration Bowl. Celebration um, but I think Bowl. Florida, yeah, Celebration Bowl. I think Florida Florida A&M wins here. Uh, Miami of Ohio against App State. Um, I think App State will be ready for this, and App State wins there. I think UCLA versus Boise State. Um, I think UCLA will be upset that they're even in this bowl, and Boise State wins. A couple more. I got Troy versus Duke. I think Duke feels like they deserve more, and I think Duke wins this one. Last one, Arkansas State against 
Northern Illinois, um, Northern Illinois has, you know, shown a lot of promise this year. I'm going with Northern Illinois over Arkansas, Arkansas State. Okay. Tim Moore. Um, you know, I would have ordinarily said Georgia and Florida State because uh, I went back and watched Florida State uh, against, uh, oh, God, who was it they were playing? Uh, it was a midseason game. They played against, I believe it was North Carolina State, where they – I didn't realize that they had been doing this Wildcat all season, so that wasn't just something they pulled out as necessity uh, in the uh, game against uh, uh, Louisville. But at any rate, um, I don't think they're going to have a lot of guys that would have ordinarily played in that game. Uh, so I don't think it's going to really tell us anything. But the one I do want to see is uh, Missouri and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I think that'll probably be a pretty good ball game because I think most of Missouri's players are going to play. I think a few of Ohio State guys will sit out, but um, they've got so much talent, they'll still be good. And I think that'll be a real good one. Doc. I'm sorry. I guess I didn't do my homework. I thought we were just looking at the bowls from the 16th and 18th. So I just um, looked at the the cricket celebration bowl, which uh, um, Carlos mentioned, Howard versus FAMU, um, which I think besides the Harvard game, the Bison, they were in most of the games that they lost. Um, and the Rattlers only lost the one game to South Florida. So on paper, I guess you got FAMU should handle this. And then um, the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl, um, I mentioned that game mainly because my former teammate, Rich Rodriguez, playing Louisiana um, for the Gamecocks. I think it'll be, it's going to be tough for them because they say home game for the Raging Cajuns right there in New Orleans. So those are, I guess, the two early bowls I'm interested in seeing. And, Doc, it may have been that um, through the notes from, from Duck Riley, but the interpretation of me – Probably uh, messed that up a little bit, but we're just going to go bowl games. Um, Will Harris, any bowl games that you're interested in watching? I agree about uh, starting with the celebration uh, bowl. Howard are making their first appearance. Families had a very good season, building a good program there. So that'll be one I'm looking forward to. Uh, Georgia versus Florida State, I think, is a great matchup. Uh, Florida State, I think it's a good chance to kind of show that they belonged in the playoffs, assuming that. I'm not the team has that many opt-outs, and that's always an issue with these non-playoff uh, bowl games. Uh, Ole Miss, Penn State, when you have two top uh, 10, top 15 caliber teams there, as well as Missouri and Ohio State. And a couple of the early bowls I was looking at as well, you, know, you have Miami, Ohio, 11-2, kind of went under the radar this year, playing against Appalachian State, you know, who can go toe-to-toe with some of the Power 5 teams. So I think that might be a good early matchup that I'm uh, looking forward to. And also you have kind of the underdog Oregon versus um, Liberty. I think Liberty had a great season this year, um, undefeated. And I think those Power 5 matchups against these undefeated non-Power 5 teams on the New Year's Six Bowl always proved to be entertaining. So we'll see how that one goes. So who do we have left? Larry? Yeah. Yeah, um, for Big Brother Dave, I'm going to try to see and muster up some of that North Carolina-West Virginia game and see what West Virginia is going to look like going into next season. Um, some of the other games, uh, as, a, as, a, as a Jersey guy, looking at the Penn State, uh, Pinstripe Bowl to see Rutgers-Miami, to see what Chiano's going to do with that program up there. 
Um, I haven't had a chance to look at uh, his recruiting this year. I saw some numbers on some of the top 10 or 15, um, but he, he doesn't. He hasn't seemed to found his success as he did the first uh, go-around when he was here. Um, Texas Bowl, the Oklahoma State-Texas A&M game. You know, Texas A&M, I think at, currently they stand three, two or three in recruiting. Um, at some point, this has got to prove itself out with all that on the, on the uh, sidelines. It hasn't yet, so that'll be a good one. Uh, Notre Dame, Oregon State, see how our guy Freeman does uh, heading into next year. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of the quarterback. Uh, he's supposed to have a transfer quarterback out of the portal. I can't remember who it is, but a top-tier quarterback coming. So that'll be interesting to watch him play. Um, I think Tim mentioned the real one is that Ohio State-Missouri game. Um, I think that's going to be much more competitive than most people realize. Yeah. Um, I think it'll probably be a letdown for Ohio State, and Missouri is really trying to show out. Um, they they are really tough this year, so I like that one. Then the Florida State-Georgia game, let's see how Florida State, I don't know if they're going to bounce back, uh, but they should be competitive in that one. And, and again, that's probably somewhat of a letdown for Georgia. So those are the games that I'll be watching with my egg knife. <laughs> you know, Florida State really wants that game, and if they don't want it, their fans really want that, and they don't just want to—they don't just want to beat Georgia. They want to blow them out, and 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 then to say, "See, we're fourteen and zero. I think they're going to go get some national championship rings, like UCF did, if that happens." No, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, I'm interested to see that game. Like everybody else, I'm interested in the Missouri Ohio State. Um, game and to see um, what happens there. I was interested in the Oregon State-Notre Dame game, but I assume that Notre Dame Sam Hartman is gone, and I assume that DJ Uyunglele is gone too from Oregon State since he's in the transfer portal. Um, so uh, that, that's crazy. I'm also interested to see what happens with Ole Miss and, and, and Penn State. I think that may um, be a good one. For sure. I'm going to stay right with you, Larry Tisdale. Is there anything you're beefing about or making us go, hmm? No. That, it's, for, for for a long time, you know, I've, I've been able to just sit and watch some of these NFL games. I've kind of got accustomed uh, to the refs. Uh, I still, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer, I'm a conspiracist, you know, that these refs call games based off of, you know, money and television ratings. I think uh, Carlos mentioned it, you know, everybody 10 and 3. Uh, so everybody. So I'm getting used to, you know, non-calls on holding and interference and if I touched you this time, second time I could jump all over you. This is not football like we used to play. So um, it's difficult. I don't watch basketball like I used to anymore because it's just too soft uh, and offensive-minded. And football starting to get like that too. Wow, wow. Um, Will Harris. Y'all go home this week about what uh, Deion Sanders is doing in Colorado right now. I mean, he says, yeah. you know, you better get him while he's down now. He says, yeah. we're going to find new linemen. That's exactly what he did. They just landed the number one left tackle recruit in the country. They've got a couple guys coming through with the transfer portal, so clearly – Rebuilding the trenches and protecting uh, Shador is a priority for him going into the next year. Top 10, top 10 recruiting player. 
they have replaced the entire line. Um, they've had, the, of course, the number one commit, um, that young man, but then transfers from Houston, um, one from Georgia. So they have they have had five or six commits in, in one week, which most said it would probably take him a couple of seasons to do that. So he's on the recruiting trail, and he obviously knows what his needs are. Um, Tim Moore, making us go, hmm, or are you beefing? I'm still beefing. Um, this, this, Florida State, this, Florida, this Florida State thing really bothers me. Um, it, re, it really does um, in a, for a lot of reasons, and I won't get too, too deep into it, but I think it says something very serious about our society when we can just, in the middle of the, in the, middle of the ball game, uh, decide that it doesn't matter whether a team wins or not. Um, after we've told them all year, yeah, and 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 through tradition, uh, we've never had a team to go undefeated and and be a conference uh, champion that didn't get in. And then all of a sudden, you know, because uh, we don't like the way they look, even though these other teams look bad at other times during the season as well, um, we say we don't care. Uh, we're going to choose the teams we want. And uh, and then you get people defending it. Uh, I think that's akin to uh, people who go through uh, a. a a duly monitored election, and then at the end of it, turn around and say, doesn't matter, uh, we want to keep this guy in office. I think there's something wrong with our society. That's powerful right there. And, and as a Gator fan, I agree. I think it was disrespectful for them to walk out of that, that meeting. I don't care if they were there for two days and two nights or whatever, to walk out and come on ESPN Sunday at 12 o'clock and 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 rank them at number five. Disrespectful to thirteen and zero, and to the the spirit of competition. And the fact right. is, if you win, if you win, that means you're better than the other team. And they won yeah. thirteen times. And, and it should. That's about it. It should. It should. And man, that's and I'm saying that about Florida State. Help me, Lord. Um, but that, that's just true. <laughs> but let's just be real about it. And if you don't think there's something wrong with it, then you also didn't have a problem with January 6th. You know, I agree yes. with you, right? Right there. Who did I leave off? Um, Carlos, beefing or making us go hmm? I think I'm going hmm because I, I'm not quite sure what offensive coordinators are thinking or doing in the NFL. And and I'm looking at a talent like Bryce Young who can look so bad in an offense that looks like it doesn't fit him. I mean, if you got a short guy, just like Joe Montana wasn't the tallest guy, how come this guy is not rolling out? If your offensive line is not really good, why are you not moving more? I mean, just you utilizing – the skills of the player. We talk about Justin Fields, who's a big, strong guy, can run, can throw every pass. But then he says, this offensive coordinator makes me feel like a robot. Like, what am I doing in this offense? I, I think something's lacking there. And finally, Brian Johnson with the Eagles. I cannot stand him, okay? <laughs> I often think oh, wow. sometimes. That's how you really feel. No, I'm serious. I often think sometimes, if I haven't said this before, that black coordinators overdo trying to force a, a, a player into being a drop-back passer when it doesn't always suit that player. For instance, how come 
just, I mean, uh, Jalen Hurts, no three-step drop. Everything's five-step. Why is it taking so long to get the ball out of his hand? Why is there no, no huddle at the line? Why, do, why don't we change the cadence and change the delivery to the defense? Just like uh, Kelsey came out and said, we never changed our, our, our tempo. So they knew when we were, we were moving. That falls on the offense coordinator to change something within and to use the player in the right manner. I don't think they're using Jalen Hurts correctly. Yes, he's been hurt all year. I agree. But in doing that, why do you then call quarterback draws on second and six? Like, I don't understand what the offense coordinators want out of these young players. Wow. Did I get everybody? Did everybody beef, Doc? Did you? I, I didn't beef. But I, I guess like Larry, I should get used to seeing this every week. But, you know, the, the whole analytics thing, and maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand it, but um, it doesn't really seem to make sense to me. I, you know, I think when I was growing up, I always heard that, you know, you don't chase points. And, you know, you shouldn't go for two until you have to. But that mm-hmm. seems to be no longer the case. And, you know, I know that they say, the analytics say to go for it. But I don't think they factor in that, you know, I, obviously if you make it, that's great. But they don't factor in if you don't make it. And, you know, you don't get that point. You, you know, you might lose some momentum. Um, you know, whatever the residual effects are from not making um, when you're going for two. So I just – I don't think everything – I don't think they put everything in the computer as far as analytics. Wow, wow. Well, I'm, I'm not beefing. Um, go ahead. When you're done – yeah, no, when you're done, I have something else I just wanted to bring up. You, you, you just reminded me of. I don't apologize. Okay. All right. And, and may, maybe I am beefing, but I, I just wanted to go to the NBA and LeBron James and the Lakers against the New Orleans Pelicans. And, and, and I'm beefing with Zion Williamson. I really want him to take being in the the NBA and getting that kind of money seriously. He really did look out of shape. And for a 39-year-old or to be in, I guess, a few days now, to come in and play above the rim and bully them around to the tune of a 44-point win, was that rigged? Was that just, you know, what was that? Because the Pelicans didn't show up. Or was it just this in-season tournament was – LeBron James and the Lakers to win no matter what. But um, I thought that the Pacers gave them a better game, but I thought the Pelicans, after getting there and being part of the Final Four, really looked bad and didn't show any interest of really competing on that night. Larry. Yeah. I kind of want to go back and tie some of this up. You know, we talk about the referee. We talk about, you know, uh, uh, the way – teams or positions to be in playoffs, I want to go back to those 650,000 uh, emails um, because I do <laughs> think that there is – no, I really do. I think that there's something in there. And I, we said this from the beginning. I called it the matrix. That We're going to see behind, you know, the velvet rope of what's really happening and why certain things are happening. Um, and, again, I am a conspiracist. Um, so I just think that there's much more there with refereeing and, and, and things like that and certain teams getting breaks and certain calls not being made and certain outcomes being uh, determined by that. 
So I really would like to see those, some of those emails because I really believe everything that we're sitting here talking about is tied into those. Huh. Long and it may be six hundred and forty-four thousand that we haven't seen. <laughs> only not six hundred and fifty thousand. We've seen uh, wow. six. <laughs> uh, wow, something's going on. You know, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah something's going well, on. Well, I want to, I want to ask this question as we leave tonight, and I'll start with Tim. If you had to pick right now, Tim, who comes out of the NFC and who comes out of the AFC as far as um, to the Super Bowl? Who does it? Who's in the Super Bowl from NFC, AFC? And I'll go around with everybody. I'll start with you, Tim. Looks like to me Baltimore uh, is coming out of the AFC. Um, I think they're the best team in terms of the way they've played. And I'm not a Baltimore fan, but I, they just look the best team in the AFC to me. Uh, NFC, um, I still think Philadelphia is going to pull it out. Okay. Carlos Bradley. NFC, 49ers. AFC, um, the Ravens. I think the 49ers will be pushed, and I think by the Eagles in Dallas, but I think they can prevail. And I also think that Kansas City will be in the running at the end also. But Ravens look the best right now. Okay. Um, Doc? You're on mute, Doc. Okay, sorry, it wasn't working. Um, yeah, I agree with Carlos. I think it's going to be the 49ers and the Ravens. Okay, all right. Will Harris? Yeah, we go with the 49ers, and I'll go with the Dolphins coming out of the uh, AFC. I think their offense is very explosive. Tyreek Hill just been unstoppable. I know Ramsey's getting acclimated. I think they got a pretty good team. Okay. Larry, I saved you for last. Wow, I had the Ravens uh, Eagles at the beginning of the season. Um, I I I don't like the way the Eagles are playing. I like San Fran probably come out the NFC, uh, and I do think that that offense from Miami uh, is just probably too hard to stop. So I've got Miami along with uh, San Fran. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! That says a lot right there. Um, I, I have the 49ers and, and, and the Chiefs, and, and I'm, I'm just praying that the Chiefs get over their woes, and maybe I'm just trying to put Patrick Mahomes, the darling of the NFL, in there. But um, I have the 49ers and, and the Chiefs. But um, I would not be surprised at the Ravens, who seem to be playing the best team ball at this mo- moment over there. Um, there's no way you could tell me that at the beginning of the season that uh, at this point that the Bills would have six losses. I thought they would be a really um, big competitor, too. Um, if that's it, gentlemen, that's all I have for tonight. Um, shout out to Duck. Um, we didn't talk about you Safe too travels. much, sir. <laughs> Safe travels, for sure. Tim Moore, Will Harris, Doc, Carlos, Carlos Bradley. Um, who else did I miss there? Larry Tisdale, I appreciate you all. Peace and blessings. Back at you. All right, have, have a good evening. Have yeah, have a great week, everybody. Never had it so good. Be good, fam. Be safe.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.